that's about as enthusiastic as that's good this is gonna get that's the most enthusiastic that you know if i had to that i could muster i did over three games i had to really muscle it to that level of emotion. That, that was a burst i have that one stride that's it now it's trent like trent hunter i'm coasting <laughs> that's it uh, this is uh through the island desmond and uh and i'm mike and uh the islanders played uh how long ago did they play des uh maybe like uh they got off the ice an hour or so ago maybe a little bit longer yeah it's 9 20 p.m eastern standard time uh american american version of that um uh and yeah they've uh Barely been up the ice, and it feels like I didn't see them on the ice. And it didn't feel like I watched a hockey game. I don't know what the fuck happened to time. It's like some X file. Something X Files like related happened where like I sat and then I saw it's like it's like when you play NHL and you just do the simulation and you don't see anything happen. The score just adjusts at a certain point. That's basically what just happens. I uh, there's Bruins game. I've got no excuse because I was uh, – uh, I should say I've got a bit more of an excuse. I watched the first period at home, and then I got to – I had rehearsal tonight. I got to rehearsal, watched the second while I was uh, kind of screwing around my gear and whatnot, getting ready to play. And while we were playing, the third was on, and uh, it was just the, the – my, my gear wasn't working properly. It's been, it's, it's been screwing me up the last couple of days, a couple of weeks even, and uh, – I was, I was kind of watching out of the corner of my eye, and uh, this was the first time that the Islanders beat the Bruins at home in, I think, is eight games or it's either uh, Staples said eight games or eight years. I have to I have to recheck that. I think it's eight years because I, I think the, the stat was that Kevin Poulin was the the goalie, uh, the, like the victorious goalie uh, against the Bruins. Eight years. It's eight years. Um, which probably which might have been Kevin Poulin's last win. Uh, ever in the NHL. Do you remember talking ourselves? I mean, I I don't think we really knew each other during the Kevin Poulin years, but I, I know that me and Scott uh, were talking ourselves into Kevin Poulin being good. Like, he, Oh, me kind of too, yeah. Uh, yeah there, there was hope. <laughs> there was hope because he had like a decent like game. He had a decent game, and it was like, what? <laughs> he he kind of looks like a goalie. He looks like a goalie. He's a starter. His pads were, I think his pads were all white, and that's like always the the mark of a good goalie, to me. They were all white at least one season. He um, he had he had a starting goalie vibe. Uh, who, and who, then uh, the vibes are off. Who is the who is the NHL equivalent of Kevin Poulin right now in twenty twenty one? Hmm. Kevin Poulin. Would it be maybe like would would maybe? Uh... I'm thinking to uh, who? Uh, mm, I'm thinking to the Canadian division for some reason, and I don't I don't know why. Uh, uh, no, I I don't. The, Kevin Poole might be a special case. He can't be a special I case. I mean, he he was very unspectacular. I think we don't as as fans like you're an, if an, if you're an Islander fan of a certain you know tenure you'll know that Kevin Poulin thing. But, like, nobody else would have any idea who that is. So many Islander fans don't know the Kevin Poulin saga. 
it's such a, it's such like a dumb thing to know and care about but like every fan base has little like never was prospects that yes. like have a like have a like 72 uh, hour to like two week period where everybody was like yes the franchise has changed because of this player like Kevin Poulin is like wow that was a, a, a denial period of grief of uh, of uh, the this team has no value at all <laughs> All right. Well, we're already we're already off to a good start. We got pucks in. That was the Kevin Poulin era, man. Get uh, we we got the puck in deep. Uh, talking about uh, maybe a little too deep. Talking about Kevin Poulin for the first three minutes of the pod. Um, (laughs) Is it possible to get the puck in too deep? (laughs) I I feel I feel like the trot system is predicated on the belief that no, you can always get the puck. (laughs) You can always get it deeper. Uh, I, I feel, you know what I feel like? I feel like we got it deep and it's just, uh, it's below the goal line and we're, we just have, it's just is staying below the goal line. It's just, you got to change the lines, please, <laughs> please. Matt Martin's legs, his horrible legs are just getting a whacking for the hey, past three minutes. He had a, uh, uh, in the first period, very specifically had a really nice play with his legs, uh, uh below the goal line on Charlie McAvoy that I was like, oh, that's, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, and you know, you know how uh, I know that the game was uneventful, especially in the first period? You know who my standout player in the first period for the Islanders was? I'm I'm curious if you've got the same vibe as me, because he made two plays that made me go, I like that. Ross Johnston? Ross Johnston was, was my standout <laughs> first period player. Yep. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad National Hockey League entertainment <laughs> value. If like if Ross Johnston was the noticeable guy of a peer, of twenty minutes of NHL hockey, if as and it and it wasn't related to fighting, <laughs> or or yeah, hits was, either, or hitting either. It was they were it was go- just vaguely making space for himself to make a perimeter pass. It was a good. It was a good defensive play. A good. Uh, I, I want to say it was a good back check, and it was a good. It was a good look. Uh, where I don't think he hit the net, but it was a good look. Where I went, uh, if he had hit the net, I could have seen that being tricky. <laughs> well, it's very fitting that you're wearing a Seinfeld shirt as, as we're recording this, because like that was a game about nothing. Like nothing. <laughs> that was that, that. That was a hockey game about nothing. Like what the fuck? Ha- like I. I don't. Dude, I. I don't feel like I watched a hockey game. So, like I said, I, I watched the first period, and uh, the the Islanders were outplayed, but it wasn't like yeah, they were outshot. I think eight to two. Maybe it was more drastic than that, even. But I didn't. It, it wasn't eight to two. It might have been, but it might have been like eleven to four. Um, and the the thing is, they they were outshot. They they definitely spent more time in their own zone. But there, there were no looks that the Bruins had where I was like, "Whoa!" There might have been one. There, there was one that I remember. I think it was Krejci off the, off the crossbar, maybe. Uh, but Varlamov's great. Varlamov's playing great. Uh, and and uh, maybe maybe it, maybe the Islanders are playing great. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe that's why that uneventful uh, that that's what they wanted to do. I think. <laughs> against the against this Bruins team, I get you know like so so. Um, I Bruins fan. This is what my first time seeing the Bruins. I didn't see any of their first couple games, but I forgot that I was watching with a Bruins fan, 
and um, I I forgot like pa- like Pasternak's out. Like I didn't. Yes. Yeah. I he's out for he was months, out. couple months. And and it like it didn't it didn't dawn on me until like um, I was uh, you know between drinks that I was like wait a second something's different about this team and uh, <laughs> and my and, and and my friend Dante was like oh yeah pa- Pasternak's not playing I'm like oh that makes a shit ton of sense like right the. I, he he is so valuable. I, I think in some ways, like was watching that Bruins team, it you see the value of of Pasternak because they talk about that line as the perfection line. Yeah, and you assume that like, oh, you lose one of those guys, well, maybe the other two are, are that good. And like, I feel like on some level, is Pasternak the like the, he's the most underrated of the three. He's the most unspoken of of the three, right? Yeah, but you, because you, like Bergeron Ber- has that like. He has that leadership clout. Yep. And like Marshawn has that like volatile personality clout. I, and like but, Pasternak is just like a skilled player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty so likable. He, he's the most understated. Yeah. Really likable. He's the most understated. Yeah. 100%. Uh, that, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, understated. He is, he is really likable. He's really good. Uh, he's he's better than Marshawn and Bergeron. Uh but but yeah there's something about Bergeron's got that uh he's got that leadership quality to him everyone loves to talk about uh his uh the, the way that he leads and the way that he plays that how long he's been on the team and Marshan which uh he he plays that very uh shithead style but that I love by the way I think I I love Brad Marshan <laughs> I really do I think he's I think he's such I love yeah. that type of player, especially when when they're all so good. It's all, like, it's it's for my money, uh, the the one of the most entertaining types of hockey player. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he so, plays he plays he, he plays in he plays like a, he plays like an EA Sports online version <laughs> of of being a like an NHL player. You know what I mean, like. He like he always tries to be a part of whatever the event of the next play is, whether it's like hitting someone or shooting a puck or like just like trying to instigate a fight with like somebody. Like he's always trying to be a part of whatever the nearest thing to do is immediately. Yeah, uh, and um, even even when he has those moments where ever you know where he fucks up, like the shoot the classical shootout moment. Where he misses the puck, yeah, uh, he, he has fun with himself uh, and knows like I I don't know I I really like Brad Marchand I think he's like the way that he gets under people's skin like like a Cal Clutterbuck but also puts the puck in the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts the puck in the net and onto his his own starting goalie's throat right uh, <laughs> right before game starts and forces a rookie to play with no uh, no, no lead in, no mental preparation, no. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Let's 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 uh let's, let's put, jump in. Yeah, let, let's jump into there. Let's let's put a bow on on the Bruins game. Uh uh the they won one nothing. The Islanders won one nothing. Yeah. The game scored, about nothing. The game the game yeah. about nothing. Pajot scored a uh an interesting goal. Um you know, cool I, I I'm going to say cool hand eye. Uh it's I guess technically good hand eye. Uh good a good game. They won two points in regulation. They won. You, you love to see it. 
Uh, my friend Dante saying he said that he thought it was a high stick and I said Dante respectfully I don't think it was a high stick yeah uh, it was a fun we were rehearsing while while I saw that happen out of the corner of my eye and I looked and I said this is getting reviewed I didn't I didn't immediately think that this is going to get called back but it didn't even get reviewed did it no 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 because because right right as he was saying that like you know I looked back at the screen, and they already, like, dropped the puck. Like, they never, seemingly, it didn't seem like enough time had paused to, yeah. like, actually review it. So I guess they yeah. just decided, no, not worth it. I don't know. So the Islanders play an interesting game, and the game before this one, they played a bad game. Um, well, go back to the beginning. Go okay. back to the first game. Let's let us let's, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. I love the... I, uh, uh, I love the Islanders. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this first game against the Rangers was so sick. It was perfect. It was so calm. I just was like sitting, drinking, like like mildly, and just like enjoying, just having like a leisure. It was like a lazy river, you know. When the Islanders are going well, it's a lazy river, and it's just like you're chilling, you're hanging out in the tube. They got the little like fountainy water occasionally but you're mostly just like relaxing it reminded me of one of the bubble games uh in in that washington series or that uh or that philly series even they played really well they it never felt like you know uh the rangers had some okay looks and some okay okay zone time uh the islanders were in complete control of that whole game for the most part uh varlama played great when he had to make stops he did uh, when he's had to make stops, he has all season, technically. Other than yeah. the, uh, he, well, yes, actually, he did stop that puck with his throat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what what a perfect game! Couple couple goals for Anders Lee. Uh, Matt Barzell got on the board as well with uh, the funniest crossing up. Tony D. He deplatformed. He de- he deplatformed. Uh, you know, you have the uh, Tony D'Angelo's Tony D'Angelo's freedom to assemble in an NHL lineup, you know, was, was taken away from him by Matt Barzell. I'm yeah. Like, That's tyranny. Uh, <laughs> Disgusting. I, I, uh, I loved that. I loved the, Matt, uh, the, uh, JG Paggio punch, uh, the soft punch to Brendan Lemieux. I thought that was pretty funny. That the, rocked. That yes. rocked so much. Uh, Tony D'Angelo's double minor was also a highlight for me. Uh, the not not a high sticking double minor, but a uh, uh, a hook and then a slamming of the uh, penalty box door. Uh, Having a tantrum. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase what someone what I, I read someone tweet about it as the that is the most upset I've seen Tony D'Angelo over a decision in several days. Oh man, fuck that guy! Uh, I love when he's. I love when he. I just, it loves that this motherfucker ended the bubble with getting posterized, and he comes back in posterized and then fucking healthy scratch, like scratched out of fucking the lineup. It's yeah. so fucking funny. It it's. I, I love that he's a ranger, uh, but part of me also is like uh, gonna be happy when this guy is not a ranger and not in the NHL altogether, because you know. It's funny that he's a ranger. I, if there's going to be any team that he's on, I'm happy that it's I'm happy that it's a team I don't like. <laughs> yeah, that that team you already hate. But but I, 
I I feel bad for Ranger fans that they have to like root for this guy tech on a technicality. You know, yeah, my, yeah. All, all my Ranger fan friends, like, genuinely, yeah, they don't like uh, him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in a cafe, and and all these Ranger fans were secretly whispering how much they they hate Tony D'Angelo. And how do you how do you feel the the guy? The thing that sucks is the guy is technically good offensively. So what do you do? You know, what what if he were an Islander and he scored a big goal? What do you do? You know, how do you feel? I, I don't know how I would feel. I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to deal yeah. with that moral quandary. It'd be yeah, a real that, problem. That motherfucker. Yeah. But anyway, He's anyway. Invested, man. Perfect first game against the Rangers. And then what a scum what a scumbag of a human he yeah. is. <laughs> and then game two, uh they play the Rangers and uh uh looks like Varlamo's gonna get the start until uh Cal Clarabuck hits <laughs> hit some Right in the neck with a puck in warmups, uh, and Barry Trotz went kind of hard at Cal Clarbuck in the uh, in the presser to the point where I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, like I, I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, frustrated that uh, about that game and that loss and that that Cal Clutterbuck did that technically, but also that that kind of just happens sometimes that's that's not really Cal Clutterbuck's fault well, I, I, I gotta look up the, the, the Trotz quote I gotta if you don't have it I'm gonna look it up right now uh, uh I don't want to get it completely wrong look, look it up and I'll paraphrase in the meantime uh he said something uh like it was the same thing as running your quarterback in warm-ups of a football game you know that I think that's that more or less but covers but, it but I don't but I, I don't agree necessarily. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. It's not like it is not like Cal Clarbuck was aiming for his head. You know what I mean? Like he was like, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna mess with uh with Varley and sh- uh, you know boink one off of his head. So, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so I'm sure it's the type of thing where he does that to Varley. Varley isn't too hurt to play and plays anyway, mm-hmm. and the Islanders win. It's something that doesn't even get talked about at all. No, no. But, but what happened does matter, which is he fucking did injure, like in a shot that didn't need to be that high, mm-hmm. especially. And here's the other thing: I think it's extra frustrating for Trotz because it's fucking Cal Clutterbuck, who he can't fucking get to get a shot on goal if his fucking life depended on it. Has that guy gotten a shot on goal this whole fucking season? Seriously, in these three games, the only shot I've seen him get on net. Isn't like Varlamov's fucking jaw. Like that's the one time I've seen him hit the net. So I think like Trotz, it's like it sucks that it happened. It sucks that it like clearly fucked with the room a bit for that game. And like oh, and it's also Cal Clutterbuck who hasn't given me goddamn anything in three games. You know. Yeah. Or at that point, at in two games. Uh, the the fourth line's playing uh the energetic as always, and they they are uh I like them together uh. They're energetic. They uh, they they really do create offense in a weird way. Uh, they get pucks in, they get pucks in deep, man, and they they really they 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 stay. I don't know, man. It's I, so true, so true, bro. I've I, I never t- heard it like that before. I've got. I really have no problems with this fourth line until I've got a big problem with them. It, it, it's a weird way to put it, but. Uh, 
I don't know. I I have a soft spot for everyone on that fourth line, even Cal Clutterbuck. I would say the least Cal Clutterbuck, but I still have a soft spot for the guy. You know who else had a soft spot was Semyon Varlamov in his jaw right, when he we'll, got hit by we'll the. Move, we'll move on. The, the, the <laughs> shark. We'll we'll move on. That, them forced them forced Ilya Sorokin to play with no fucking like mental preparation, like mental prep, and like barely any physical prep, and that made like the 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 fourth goal was the goal that I thought was like the the objectively like bad really off angle should have had it goal but like they they just were not in sync with each other like yeah. so, so the whole battery was broken you know what I mean like it's yes. they couldn't they couldn't trust each other and when like the goalie and the defense don't trust each other you can't make uh you, you don't know where to pass it to because everybody is so afraid mm-hmm. for offense to come back that you play, that you do such a bad job at breaking out that you end up facing more pressure the other way because your breakouts are so bad. Yeah, it's this like vicious cycle, and that's what that that second game was because they had they like they literally were not on the same page. It's it's cliche, but they were not like in the same game at the same time ever. Yep, and uh, I I wrote down in the in the little uh, outline that I did that we were going to talk about Sorokin and the goalie situation. I don't think yeah. a ton needs to be talked about. Barlamov's back. Uh, Sorokin had a bad game. He wasn't prepared to play. Uh, I don't think you can really judge... I don't think you can really judge the Sorokin situation uh, until he gets a couple starts in, and, and we'll see how he looks. Could go either way. And, 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 and I honestly, though, but I think I think what from what I did see, he is super athletic, which yeah. is... Like, like he, he made a lot of very good saves. He let in a bad goal and maybe another questionable one. But, like, to me, that is something that when you have that much raw talent, and it's young, too, it doesn't have the mileage, that which, with the, the goaltending coaches, yeah, has an insane potential. Yep. Like, he is, he is such an extremely raw talent it is going to be incredible. I seriously think that, like, just the raw skill, the raw athleticism, this is the type of potential they haven't had since uh, Marion Gabrick of the, the the Rangers Deep State a year before going to the Rangers obliterated DiPietro's hip in the uh, in the yeah. skills competition. They haven't had an athletic goalie in all that time. Yep. Uh, he's explosive, dude. It's cool. It's he's fun to watch. I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I. It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to assess his play based on the one game, uh, and it's hard to project until I see more. Other than I'm excited and I'm not holding this against him. Yeah. Um. And no, so no, I think that's all fair. Uh. And so I, I kind, I kind of think we could put a pin on all three games uh and move on uh the so that second game not ideal not good you never want to lose to the rangers and when you do you want it to at least be a close game a game game. although although i will say that these blowout ones hurt less than a uh a three two loss even when it's an overtime in the moment they hurt less in retrospect that's what you want more uh but yeah it's it's one that just you feel uh you feel less those those blowouts the the bad games 
you yeah, just... at the same at the same time, that's all about like it, how the how the Islanders finish this year. If like they look like uh, you know, if they miss by a point or something, it's you know these are the types of sure. points. These like fluke freak things are the ones where it's like, fuck, did this really have to go down like that? Yep. Type shit. Yep. Yeah. But uh, uh, three games, two and one. Uh, good game, weird game, bad game, and that's. And that's you know what good game a weird game two wins bad game loss all right let's 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 go let's move on uh they got the devils and caps next but we'll we'll talk about it th- that at the end of the podcast um yeah i mean get, getting two out of three i just just to really put to really put a period and like just to bring back the last episode two out of three boom they did it yeah you got two out of three boom great yeah it's sick it's sick so I, I also put down in the because I, I kind of thought the Varlamov situation would be a little bit different. I thought we were going to see lineup changes. We didn't. It's been the same lineup that, and really the third line's the only thing that you really have to kind of look at. And that's the uh, uh, as of right now, JG uh, JG Pajot, Ross Johnson, Kiefer Bellows line. Um, and I, I put lineup as is. We talk about a little bit, and then our ideal tweaks. I don't. I, I think that we're both going to say we'd like to see someone get in, in there instead of Ross. I don't think he's played bad by any by any means. He was my, uh, he's my standout player in the first period of today's game. Um, but, <laughs> what but, an indictment, yeah. Uh, but I would love to see uh, if they're going to make any lineup changes. But I, I think they're not going to until... You know how Barry Trotz is. He's he's a little bit uh, superstitious. I think when he wins, he likes to keep the lineup uh, as long as he can control that and no injuries. You know nothing uh, that's stopping him from it. Um, but you know when we do come off of a loss, when they do come off of a loss, I would hope that Ross is the one who kind of gets pulled for someone else. Uh, uh, I don't know who. I. I the ideal player to put in that spot is because there, there's a few. I, I don't think it's going to be Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom uh, on both of uh, on both of JGP's wings because it, it it looks like Wallstrom was practicing as a right wing, which Kiefer Bellows is. So it kind of seems like it's going to be one or the other. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it once or twice. I don't know that it's going to work because they're so young. So we'll probably see it once or twice and see if he he'll, he'll see if he can get lightning in a bottle. Okay. But but here's the thing, okay? Because you didn't get a preseason, mm-hmm. I think if you if you believe in these players enough that that you're saying that they are professional level players, right? That's yeah. what you're saying. Give them a game, both in the same lineup, to find that out. And you and it's better to to see if you can catch that lightning in a bottle, young legs and hunger, like. Early. And then early. See if you can catch that. I think this is where you tinker with that. And I think it, it's a mistake. It's a mistake to not play with that. Just because, because just in general, this offense needs a jolt. Like, I, I, I'm already at the point after the first two games, or after, after the first three games, like, second line, they've been dead, dude. And I say that as a guy that dropped 276 bangers on a Josh Bailey jersey like two weeks ago. And I don't regret it, but I'm a little, I'm, I'm just saying I'm a little annoyed. I'm a little frustrated, Josh. I respect you. You're my friend. But $276. You both, you, know, you, shared, you shared words that one time, the two of you. Yeah. I said, hey, Josh. And he said, yeah. 
And I said, you're having a good season. He said, thanks, man. That was 2014-15. So that was when, if, if you really were in the know, that's when you knew Josh Bailey had established himself. If you didn't catch on until like three years ago, you were late to the game. That's when I'm, real, ba- the, the Bales, the, the Balesters, as we yeah. call ourselves. I, I mentioned it last podcast, and I think I'm going to make it a point to mention it every single podcast that you and Josh Bailey had that uh, exchange. So we'll see if I can keep it yeah. up. It's we'll the see. lever. Yeah, you got to get that streak. Uh, Ring the bell, baby. So that's that's two in a row. Uh, that's two in a row. That's um, the, uh, the so, gasolina corner. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying. I don't know that... Uh, gasolina corner. Um <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I like, I like your thought process. Um, I don't know that Barry Trotz will do that. Uh, he's a good coach. Even uh, all NHL coaches love to lean on veterans, guys that have been in the league. Wouldn't surprise me if we see uncle Leo, uh, uh, kind of make his way into the lineup in place of hopefully a Ross Johnson. I can't really, I, I can't really see, uh, a situation where Barry Trotz chooses a Ross Johnson, JG Peugeot, Leo Komarov line. I mean, I guess I could see it, but I I don't think I I don't think it'll happen. I think Kiefer Bell's has played good enough to the point where he's not Leo. coming out. But I don't think that I don't think Leo that... Komarov man. He's got two more Leo years. Leo Komarov right? is purgatory. He's got two million. He's purgatory. This dude, this dude is just purgatory. I understand he has value. Yes. But like, he's just this like he's just this like lurking, like uh, like uh, misery in the background of just the idea of him floating back into the lineup means something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> like he he is the like literally he he's uh he's like the donut. He's a spare tire. Like. You can't run on that that long. It's it's clearly not the same as the other stuff you need here, like yeah. And, uh, and like Leo is Leo is that where it's like Jesus, you can't you can't run this thing for more than like okay, ten miles is pushing it. You don't need to go more than ten miles with this thing. That's Leo. I understand. He's rough. Uh, he's, he's rough. I. I like I like him defensively, and he he's weird offensively in a way that I don't know. It's rare that he is the reason that goals are scored against the Islanders, but with that being said, it is also rare that he is the reason that the Islanders score a goal, which is kind of Again, which, which is kind of a good analogy with the purgatory thing. Yeah, he yeah he's he is like Leo Komarov in a way like. He is effective in a bizarre way. Yeah. And it kind of like, it kind of proves, it makes the point that I think a lot of the people that like vaguely watch the Islanders, like Greg Wyshynski, when they call it like anti-hockey. Yeah. Like Leo Komarov being successful is like kind of a proof of concept of like anti-hockey. If you were to call something that. I think... I think that doesn't fit the case with the Islanders like most of the time. Yeah. But there are instances like tonight's game. Tonight was anti-hockey. That, that was an anti-hockey game. The, the way they play, I take pride in, and I think it's cool. And I, I really am fascinated with the coaching side of hockey. I really am in the system side of it, which is exactly why two seasons ago when Barry Trotz came on board and, everyone, and John Tavares left, I was 
more optimistic than others where I was like, no, 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 hold on a second. Like hockey is so much different from other sports in the sense that like you don't need that superstar to be good. You, it's tough to win it all without a superstar, yeah. but I'll put a pin in that. Uh, you know, uh, me talking up uh, Leo Komarov and uh, Tavares leaving, and uh, you, sit, you got it's not it. so bad. I, if I find out, I swear to God, if you're on the payroll, if someday I, I just see that you were pay, paid by Isles PR, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. I'm just gonna like <laughs> knock you once, one like real shot. I swear. Because this is supposed to be journalism. We're doing journalism here, Mike. And I swear, if, if you're being promo- like if you're trying to promote the Islanders and you're just you're just trying to spread disinformation, I'm gonna be very angry with you. I I will literally have Lou Lamorella make you disappear. Oh, okay. Well, just let me see your tax returns, and then <laughs> well, you know, I'll wait to do the next episode. I need to trust you first because you've you've made a compelling case, but at the same time. It just—it seems a little bit uh, like it's organized a, crime. It's it feels like organized crime is afoot here. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's let's move on because I'm starting to get nervous um, that you're uh, that, that you're uncovering something that I don't want you to know. <laughs> so, next on my outline on my list, uh, Josh Hosang gets a job in Sweden. Hey, like like I think I've said last podcast, I. I don't know, I kind of went into a tangent towards the end there. I meant every word. Uh, but if I mention Josh Hosang, I I want him to make it in the NHL. I He's a player that I believe in skill-wise. Yeah. I think other players aren't looked at with the expectation for them to make mistakes and then throw the book at them when they do, the way Josh Hosang has been almost treated as like a person to make an example out of his whole career. Couldn't agree more, man. And I think there's a... There's a pattern there that bothers me. Uh, and to that end, look, Josh Hosang, I've said it before, just with the fresh start and the culture of this franchise, I think Josh Hosang with the Seattle Kraken makes so much sense. That would be sick. And, and a Seattle Kraken Hosang jersey, oh, I get it instantly. So yep. whether it's there, whether it's anywhere, I uh, I hope Josh Hosang uh, makes it in the NHL and I will get a jersey of the first NHL team that that puts him in the lineup, I couldn't agree more. I uh, and and that goes that goes for if it were the Rangers as well, because I do want I do want a, t- a jersey from every team, and if if I had to get a Rangers jersey, Jesus, make it make it a guy that I love. Ooh, dude, I don't know. That's you said something very questionable just now, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. That was. That's a penalty, man. You gotta go. That was that was too much. You can't do that. I want at some point a jersey from all what will be thirty-two plus uh, most of the defunct teams. Like I want my Thrashers jersey. I want my Nordiques jersey, even though I've got that reverse retro. It doesn't yeah. count. I want that blue. So with that being said, I you know I'll I, I'm gonna need a Rangers jersey. And my initial thought was like an Islander or maybe a bad Ranger that fans don't like fans really don't like or like maybe like a uh um like a real disappointment you know what i mean uh no i I think i think the safest one you could get would be lundquist yeah it's a guy that you objectively know was incredible one of the greats at his position but you also have the have the luxury that he did he never won a cup yeah so you never got to like 
and and like that's how you like petty your your you, you would hypothetically petty your brain into rationalizing it. Henrik Lundqvist is Henrik Lundqvist has mostly been good to me. He he usually has gotten lit up by the Islanders. Uh, uh, he gets sniped. He, a lot of great snipes. Islanders really sniped the shit out of him over the last yeah. like. I would say like last set like a, maybe like two or th- two or three years into the Tavares era, they figured him out. Yeah. And then, like, they were good. He's so good and so likable that you just, like, the stupid, sexy Lundquist, that, that, Name, yeah. it's, uh, it perfectly describes my feelings about him. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of put a pin in that a little bit, the, the Hosang in Sweden situation. I hope that he does well. And I, the one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, could you imagine if Josh Hosang, we're in the Kiefer Bellows situation, and how different, how differently it probably would have been handled. It's kind of weird. Oh, it, yeah, if he had the if he had the uh, PED yeah suspension, and then is just accepted back into the fold. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe I'm being cynical, but probably not. I'm I I kind of think that it would be handled uh, differently. Yeah. Oh no. It absolutely would. <laughs> like, no, everything we've seen has shown that. So. So, uh, so you mentioned redacted ninety one, uh, and that kind of that kind of brings uh, when talking about the the that Lundquist, uh that Lundquist Legacy situation. Player. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's let's get into some uh, some non Islanders NHL stuff really quick, and the uh, Pierre Luc Dubois situation in Columbus, and kind of comparing and contrasting to the situation. With with redacted ninety one from a couple of years ago, and also uh, in you know uh, can kind of compare it to what's going on with Patrick Line a little bit now too. I mean, so for me, I think Pierre Luc Dubois. I I, it's interesting because I first want to say like on a just real level, like or, or a, a level that I contemplate about thinking about this is that like. Yes, he's a fucking well-played, uh, well-paid athlete, and he'll have a career that will make him plenty of money. That's all great. All that said, he worked his ass off to, to to have this career, and I think the idea of leveraging that you should be able to leverage that. Talk about like loyalty to a city or anywhere who doesn't have a say over where they're drafted in the first place. Like you don't. I, I think about that on some level, but then like as a sports fan, especially a frequently scorned small market sports fan. It's very frustrating guys don't want to stick around and go for the bigger stage when it's like this franchise stuck their neck out for you. And in, in Dubois' case, they drafted him at kind of perceived as a reach at the time. Yeah. Like they stuck their reputation on that pick. And I remember that being a little controversial. Up, and he ended up actualizing. And then there's this frustration of like, Instead of it being this long-standing, like long-term relationship where we found each other, how great it is, Dubois is like, I don't want to be here. That is kind of like, to me, that's a, a, a kind of, uh, if I if I would call any type of, it, it feels a little shitty as it like just from a purely fan like perspective, it can, I understand that feeling very shitty. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I know that we were kind of texting about it and like talking about how it compares to the John Tavares situation. And first of all, I, I kind of think that at least it's it's tough to say because the fact that it's out in the open 
makes it so that way his trade value is lower automatically. Um, and so that's a bummer for the Blue Jackets and their fans. Uh, yeah. Same same kind of goes for the John Tavares situation where he kind of, you know, it, 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 they're kind of cornering. Each, each of the players is kind of cornering the franchise in a way where it's like John Tavares situation was don't trade me. I, I want to yeah. see this through. And then, by the way, I'm, I'm going to actually sign with another team so you can literally get nothing from me. Okay. <laughs> so, Man, that's a Nathan for, Nathan for you. It, it, it was, uh, Nathan for you is actually Pat Brisson this whole time. <laughs> where he, he, he did this bit. <laughs> the so, plan. The plan. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to draw up a. Uh, you're gonna. Ha- you're gonna have to think on that plan and 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 actually Photoshop it with a with a picture of Nathan. But yeah. yeah okay. But yeah. So 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 anyway. Uh, immediately, my my gut reaction is the John Tavares situation hurts more, in in theory, because at least, at least you know. You're gonna get something if you're a Blue Jackets fan. I don't know what's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, that what they're asking is pretty high, and I know that Montreal, like specifically, I think he wants to go to Montreal. And I know what Montreal's offering is fine at best. Uh, it's mm-hmm. too like I think it's a an NHL player who's uh, like relatively good and a, a relatively good could pan out prospect. I forget. I forget who uh, might have been LeBron reported on it. I could be. I could be wrong. But um, I don't know. Uh, they want like Suzuki Plus, and that's not going to happen. But but I mean I mean they sh- they need they need to negotiate from that at least. Yeah, hundred percent. I I I feel bad, and uh, it's tough to say from the the player's perspective like i can't scorn pierre luc dubois but at the same time i've got no sympathy for like he signed the two-year contract i know that he had to because he was an rfa technically yeah but i don't know like i i am i am a little bit of a john tortorella apologist and uh the way he's handling it uh so the the thing he does when people want out in that organization and he makes them makes them address the room about it is super super weird, weird and really like but it's cool i think from a like i don't know this 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 weird part of my brain thinks it's really cool uh that this guy is making this guy do that and he made uh Panarin and Bobrovsky do it as well where it's like so you don't want to be on the team you have to tell your teammates why. He's kind of got he's kind of got some Doctor Cox energy. If you're a Scrubs fan, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good comparable. You know, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's not he's not perfect, but I I, I kind of root for the guy. I I like him. I like his I I don't know. I like a straightforward. There's a weird energy. There's a weird energy around that guy. And and the other thing is like he. The guy loves hockey, and like, uh, she was Allison. I forget what her last name is. She was the beat writer for the Athletic for the Blue Jackets. I don't think she does the Blue Jacket stuff anymore, but she always praises Tortorella and talks about how into the advanced stats side of hockey that he actually is. Uh, Interesting. It 
it is really weird and how um he doesn't like he puts on this his attitude is very uh eye test old guy. school facade it's like an old school facade guy but he's really very uh in tune with all of the number the number side of things i don't you know he probably picks and chooses what he believes what he uh what he what he sees is valuable and sees what isn't which is that's fair uh but um he's always he's always interested in me i i like his uh i don't know i i think that that's a guy that i would want to uh and that's a guy that I would want to play for in the short term. Especially on, like, an you underdog know, type team. Yeah. Well, what I'll say about, about Dubois is, like, it, at least, you know, with uh, with Redacted, the Islanders got, like, nine years. Like, that's true. And re- and realistically, and he did, like, re-up with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this is Dubois having a dispute out of the ELC, yeah. which is a whole different ballgame. And I think, like, at least with the Islanders, like, they should have built, they literally should have built way better with him, like, almost immediately. And they just didn't. They couldn't, didn't, whatever it was, it didn't happen. Um, Whereas, like, with Dubois, it's like, when you reach for a player like that, and then they do pan out, so you showed them, like, a a vote of confidence, and they're like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, I want to play Montreal. That's kind of, I'm just saying that that's kind of like a, Feelings definitely uh, get hurt in, in that in that in those types of exchanges. Yep, yep. So, you know, I fucking the Blue Jackets annoy me whenever the Islanders have to play them, but I feel I feel for that that fan base, and uh, I hope that they get I hope they get value from Dubois and uh, in terms of what's coming back in a trade. And I hope whoever that is plays really bad against the Islanders whenever they have to play them. God bless. Okay, so so let's let's kind of wrap up the pod and uh, let's see. The Islanders have got the Capitals and the, they've got the Devils two times and they got the Capitals two times. So the Devils uh, so far played two games. They played the Bruins twice. They won a game in overtime, lost a game in a shootout, and the Capitals absolutely rolled the Sabers twice. I think. And then they played the Penguins and lost in a shootout. That was a sick game. If you caught any of that, uh, how do you see how do you see this shaking out? If if you had to give any prediction as to what's going to happen, I guess with the given that I always say two out of three is like the goal. Yeah. What I'm like particularly looking for is that against the Devils, a, a very weak defensive team, they need to figure out. Like their 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 forward lines. I I really think some lineup adjustment should should happen in the next and not just on the third line. Uh-huh. Like I think it's early enough to maybe just m- break that, that second. Like how long do you give that second lineup before the second line has been cold? Like most of the forward lines have been cold. I think a little jumbling between that, like breaking up that second line. Yeah. is in play. I'd love to see Bouvillier with Barzell. I'd love to see that that get a chance. Maybe maybe in place of Anders Lee, even though Anders Lee has played pretty good, especially that first game. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that works. And I, I also think that, that Lee, Lee and Bailey have great winger chemistry with each other. Yeah. And like Nel- Nelson can just make anything work. Yeah, Nelson. So I think, 
I think if you had that second line, so then you have like a first line that's like all go go go, yep, and then you'd have a second line that's like cycle oriented, yeah, like, that would be cool. And obviously, don't break up that fourth line because they're useless without each other. But they're, they're also kind of very... useless right now. No, they played pretty good. They played pretty good. Uh, the last, the first and third, first and third game, they played pretty good. Who? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you call the third game good, I literally can't register any of who was good in in that game. They were they were keeping the puck in the Bruins zone for a good a good portion of when they were on the ice. That's that's good, I think. That's yeah. what you need that fourth line to do. Uh and then the third line, uh yeah, uh, uh it'll probably be Ross and uh Kiefer. But we'll see. So, yeah, I mean, I guess uh as far as like, you know, what I'm looking for in these and I want to, them against the Caps, like like we said in the first episode, the Caps are, I think, the team to really yeah. be watching out for and gunning for. With, on top of the the built-in trots, you know, uh, yeah. Caps rivalry. Yeah, that storyline. I, you know, it might be my optimism, but I could see three Ws. Uh, but, but if it was going to be two and one again... I could see it being a uh, split it with the Devils and get a win against the Capitals situation. I think they're gonna they're gonna uh, play the Capitals real good uh, because they're gonna kind of let down their guard a little bit with a Devils team, and they're gonna kind of you know it, loosen up a bit. It's hopefully. just it's just a thing. Uh, it's just a thing that you kind of almost can't control. I know that it's the the rehearsal line is you gotta you know any team can win any night, so you gotta play your hardest. No matter who you're playing, but there's par- probably part of these guys' brains that are like, you know, we're playing the Devils. We got the Capitals coming up. We're we're kind of like more going to be more engaged in that Capitals game. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to mistake the game tonight with the '96 Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but but because of that, I could see them dropping one to the Devils and it being a two two wins, uh, one loss by the next time we come back. We'll see. I'm hoping that it's three W's. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not three losses. They, I mean, so I guess the things I'd like to see, in the, like, I guess another thing I'd like to see in the next couple games, uh, one, just offense, like literally just offense, anybody, like big productive uh, would be great. Yeah, I'd love, then, to see, I'd love to see Kiefer Bellows get on the board. Uh, I'd love to see Dobson be, make make a big, you know, whether that's a big assist or, or a big big shot from the point on a, on a power play. A nice power play goal from uh, from Dobson would be nice. Last two games for Dobson haven't been too good. Yeah, tonight was weird. I, I know that there was the, there was a couple turnovers on his end, but uh, he'll 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 get there. He'll 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 fall into. Uh, He'll fall into a comfortable place. Like he's he's we've seen it before. He's good. Uh, th- that the I feel like we gotta get Bo. We gotta get Bo and Bailey on the board. They they've yeah. been quiet. They've been like completely dead quiet. Yeah, Bavilia had that breakaway tonight too, and uh, got stopped. Still, I, I think I think that when Bavilia gets on the board, he's gonna start rolling. So, all right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up, and next episode uh, will be probably in about a week or so. See you then. This has been through the island.